This is Story and Rain Talks, the Story and Rain podcast. I'm Tamara, founder and editor in chief. After over 20 years in the fashion and magazine industries, I launched StoryandRain.com, a digital fashion, beauty, and lifestyle publication where we're bridging the gap between reading a magazine and shopping its pages. On this podcast, you'll discover the emerging trends and tastemakers that matter right now. As a catalyst for creativity and through candid conversations with our community of cultural arbiters, we're your resource for discovering today's most interesting people, projects, and products. And we'll explore the origins for game-changing ideas and careers. With our high-low approach to style and the belief that there's magic in the mix, we're going to inspire you to live your most stylish life. Tracy Romulus is a fashion, lifestyle, and entertainment executive who started her career at the age of 20. She's worked with brands from Vivian Westwood to McDonald's and talent from Lil' Kim to Ice Cube. Today, over 20 years later, she combines it all in her role as chief marketing officer for KKW Brands. Tracy oversees global marketing and communications for KKW Beauty, Fragrance, and also for underwear, loungewear, and shapewear brand Skims. You may have caught her at work doing her thing on that little show called Keeping Up with the Kardashians. My friend Tracy is scrappy, savvy, hardworking, and filled with integrity. She came to the U.S. as a child with her Vietnamese mother who fled her home country after the fall of Saigon. Tracy later then headed to New York City to study fashion design at FIT and landed a job at famed PR agency People's Revolution, which is when I first met her. Over the years, Tracy went on to build up 5WPR into a multi-million dollar business in five years, and she built her own company from the ground up, working with clients like Yeezy and Universal, and working with a number of high-profile individuals in film, music, and sports. Tracy told me that these days she often gets DMs from aspiring publicists, so guys, this one's especially for you. I was in LA for our Andra Day cover shoot when I sat down with Tracy for this talk, and you'll feel like a fly on the wall during our very intimate and exclusive conversation, as Tracy really doesn't do interviews. This dear friend and industry insider is generous with tips, stories, and insights. On this podcast, we talk about the art of PR, building a career, being a workhorse, having a thick skin, the importance of being kind and being responsive, her love of connecting with people and maintaining those connections, how no job is too small, what it's like to work with Kelly Catrone, wearing many hats, enjoying a melting pot of clients, the business then and now, and we take a ton of trips down memory lane. Tracy shares her major of six list of favorites that she'll be able to shop and two recipes from her husband and from Kim that she loves to cook. I'm excited to launch this episode 84. Here's Tracy Romulus. Hi. Hi. Tracy, you and I met when you were about 22. Actually, no. We met when I was 20 years old. That's right. You were younger. You were college age. So what happened was second year of college, I was just a few credits shy of getting my associate's degree. I was going to take a summer course to get that final credit to get the associate's degree. So I was working at Vivienne while I was in college and the PR office was downstairs and the publicist for Vivienne went up to me and said, Hey, would you ever consider interviewing with Kelly? 
And I had met Kelly a few times as she'd come into the store and she'd shop there all the time. And I said, sure, what is this job for? And he's like, oh, it's just to be her assistant. I think you'd be great at it. Can you talk about who Kelly is? Of course, Kelly Cutrone, the infamous, world famous, who I just adore. She came into the store a bunch of times. I met her and then I was approached about interviewing with her because she had just opened up her office in LA. She was in the process of opening up her office in New York and she needed an assistant. So I got the interview and I met with her. It was a really fast interview. You know, Kelly, she's to the point. I think she just sort of sized me up in five minutes and then she's offered me the job. And I said, yes, I accepted it right there on the spot. I was just so green. I'd never had this sort of job experience before. You know, I just only worked retail at that point. And I had no idea what a publicist was. I had no idea what publicity was, but I just started working with her and she sort of just threw me into shark infested waters. Oh, I love that description. Yeah, shark she waters. Of, that was her way of teaching me was she just threw me into it with no explanation, nothing. And I just had to figure it out. Every yeah, I mean, that is the sink or swim old school mentality, right? Here's what's happening. It's happening in five minutes. Fix it, handle it. Right? Yeah, and then I'd be answering all of her calls. But this is how you and I met. You would come by the office all the time. And I know you and Kelly were so close and... You were the fashion editor at Cosmopolitan magazine. So I just remember you'd call all the time or your assistant would call and you guys would do polls on a regular basis. And so anyway, so People's Revolution, for those that don't know, is a fashion PR company that Kelly's had forever. I think for over 20 years now, it's gotta be at this point. And she has a great business. She has offices in New York and LA. But, you know, when I started out with Kelly, she had just opened up her office in New York. I think we had a tiny little office space out of one of her clients' showrooms. Do you I remember, remember it now? Oh, yeah. I remember going to that office. It was in the Garment District, the much dreaded neighborhood that I always had to be in for the 20 years of my life as an editor. And I just remember Kelly smoking out of the window. Like the window <laughs> would be cracked, right? Yes, yes, always. Yeah. smoking and then you're sitting there in front of her like taking notes or something i would just be sitting there taking notes you know on my little apple mac computer so that's how you and i met i was very green young learning the ropes at that point and navigating the industry at a very early yeah not knowing a lot i think that's a really great point that you make thank you for correcting me and saying it was 20 and it wasn't 22. you were exceptionally young when you started your career and you were thrown right into the trenches and the truth is you really rose to the occasion and I think that what you've accomplished speaks to that you had a lot of experience from a young age I would say I mean I started off as her assistant I was there for two years working with Kelly and I think towards the end of my time with her she promoted me to being an associate publicist and I was managing accounts and I was helping her, interviewing her next assistant and helping to sort of manage that person and the interns in the office. And I was the first person that came in the morning and the last person to leave. So I think during that period of time, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. Actually. Can you talk about that? We're gonna get into that a little bit later, but talk about being the first person in and the last person to leave and sort of where that gets you in your career, especially when you're starting out. 
it's so interesting because you know you meet people now and I interview young fresh out of college students and I think the mentality is just so different now than it was when I was coming up and I think my attitude when it comes to work is I've just always been a workhorse I have always always and I think that comes from being an immigrant yes same with me too I come from an immigrant family on both sides yeah that's right and growing up with nothing realizing early on that if there was anything that I wanted, I needed to work for it. And I also love work. I love working. I take a lot of pride in anything that I do. And I really enjoy- Very true, always. I really enjoy working, especially publicity is such a service business. You're catering to people, you're helping to provide a service and a need. And I think that's why I actually did so well in retail. I just loved sales. And I loved being able to, you know, when a customer would come into the store, helping them to find that dress or the perfect pair of shoes. And I just really loved that aspect of the job so much, like the customer service and the customer interaction. Connecting. And connecting with people. I feel like at that point, I would show up to the office being the first person there. I wanted to make sure when I got to the office that I gave myself enough time to check I mean, people don't do this anymore now, but I would go and I would check the company voicemail and take all the messages down and write them down. Which would probably sure. be like emails. Probably today that would translate to something like what happened on social media. Let's exactly. What- yeah. You, you go in and you read the news. I mean, I would go into the office. I'd check the voicemail messages. I would write them all down. I'd check in with Kelly, knowing that she was coming to the office. I'd ask her, do you need me to order you breakfast? Do you want me to go grab you coffee? so that she could just come in and start her day and not have to think about those things and be ready to just focus on the business that needed to be handled for the day. And then also just, I was, you know, working at a fashion office and you'd have to make sure the samples were being messaged or there was a big shoot that day, or I'd have to make sure that certain samples that were being loaned out were being returned in time so that it could be moved over to the next opportunity. Or if an editor was on deadline, you'd have to make sure that the product was out the door in the right time. I like to sort of start my day, taking my time and sort of easing into the day and not feeling rushed. And then being the last person in the office, just sort of, it just happened. I mean, not to say that everyone should do this and this is the key to success. When I would get so wrapped into my work, I was never that type of person that was like, oh, it's five o'clock, it's time for me to go. I've done just enough that is needed of me for me i've always tried to pride in your work yeah i took took a lot pride in my work work. and i always tried to push myself to sort of accomplish the thing that's in front of me but try to do a little bit more and that's just the person that i am we were saying that i've known you for your entire career these days you're working with kim kardashian i told you that i believe that many aspiring publicists would love to know the details of your career path and to learn more about the art of PR. And you told me that you often do get DMs from people wanting advice or at least wanting to know more, right? So this is for you guys. And it's an exclusive because Tracy doesn't really do interviews. But I really wanted to do this because I feel like there are a lot of people who would benefit from hearing about your story, which you've obviously begun to start to tell. So a lot of my closest friends are publicists. They're fashion publicists, they're publicists in the entertainment industry, the beauty industry, other aspects of PR. And so, like I said, I began to think of the art of PR. 
And I thought that you were the perfect person to talk to about this because of how many different types of PR jobs you've had over the years. And I know that people that have reached out to you after seeing you maybe on the show and otherwise would be so interested to know exactly how you've built your career. So let's start from the beginning. We talked a little bit about how you got your start. Take us through all your positions and titles. For whom and where have you worked? Let's hit the ground running with your resume. So I started off as an assistant at People's Revolution working for Kelly Catrone. I moved up from there. Within two years, she had promoted me to being an associate publicist. I left Kelly and after that, I joined a startup PR company called 5WPR. It was literally started by this publicist named Ron Tarosian. He had literally placed an ad on Craigslist and I stumbled across it looking to hire PR publicist for his agency that he just started. So I met with Ron. I thought the ad just looked really interesting. So I reached out to him and I met with him and he offered me a job on the spot to come in. And I want to say I started off as a director level. You did. I did start off as a director. I remember that. And actually, wait, I think before I went to go work for Ron, I was freelancing on my own after leaving Kelly's. That's when I rented a desk in your loft. (laughs) And I was working out of your space. Good times. Good times. Do you remember all the fun and the things that we did and had oh my gosh so So much fun i mean first of all your office was just the best location ever the location was ahead of its time right it was above tower records i'll never forget it was across from tower records your window with you know you were above tower records and madonna was doing an in-store signing i was just standing in the window for two hours waiting for her to show up (laughs) looking from your loft after i left kelly i went and i freelanced on my own thinking at that time by the way feeling like a little arrogant and i feel like this was a learning for me was that Mm. at having worked for kelly for two years being a junior level person feeling like oh i do everything i'm the one doing all the work but then feeling like oh well if i'm doing all the work i can go out and do it on my own not realizing though that there was just still so much learning for me to still do But I think a lot of young people early in their careers, when they're doing all the work and they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, don't realize that it's just sort of part of the training and the growth process, right? Yes. Very well said, Tracy. They don't understand that that's the meat and the potatoes. The meat and the potatoes will get you to where you want to be next. Yeah. But I didn't know. And I tell Kelly now, because, you know, Kelly and I still stay in touch. I do have some regrets looking back now in hindsight. And you've spoken to Kelly about that. Yes, of course. At 22 years old, though, I just thought, oh, I helped her build this business. Not build the business, but build the office, right? So when I started with Kelly, it was just me and Kelly. And then I'd watch the office sort of grow that two years time. And then I just got really arrogant thinking, oh, well, I do all the heavy lifting. I'm the first person in. I'm the last person out. I'm doing all the work. I'm ready to go out on my own not understanding that I don't have a clue or know anything when it comes to running a business and signing clients and actually sustaining this, sustaining sustaining this, because I didn't do any of that. Kelly would go out and she'd pitch and she'd bring in the business. She'd also have to deal with payroll and the nuances running a business, not just pitching clients and getting placements. I quit my job with her. She and I got into a disagreement 
and I got very emotional and I think I walked out and I quit and I handled it so wrong. But again, I was 22, feeling very arrogant. I was doing all the work and I knew it all. It was going to be easy for me to, oh, I'll, I'll just freelance and I'll sign one or two or three clients and I'll figure it out on my own. And I left and then that's when I started working at a Your Space. I had a little desk in your office and I think Damon DeGraff. It was me, you, and Damon. And that was when Damon was managing Mark Ronson. That was. So Mark would come by all the time. I know. And then DJ Cassidy was one of his clients. And And then Cassidy became one of my clients and I was doing publicity for him and getting him placements in page six and little mentions. Forgot about Yes. And it's so funny because I run into Cassidy now and he always says, you know, Tracy was my first publicist. That's right. I've actually heard... Cassidy say that. Yeah. Tracy was my first publicist. I That's was right. This, we were all young and sort of coming up together. And then I think I realized a year into doing it on my own that it was really hard and that people were not paying me and I was struggling and I no longer had that nice little paycheck that came in consistently every two weeks, that it was time for me to go and look for a job. And so that's when I came across the Craigslist ad for a job from Ron Trosian, his agency 5WPR, and he was looking to hire a publicist for the agency. I met with him. He was at that point renting out a small room out of one of his clients also. It was a travel agency. And I met with Ron and I said, listen, you know, I've got a couple little small clients. This is sort of the monthly retainers that I'm getting every month. and." This is what I feel like I can bring to your business and to help you grow. And I did this pitch and then he offered me the job on the spot. And I came in and I started with him and it was me and Ron and one assistant. I think we had an intern at that point. And over the next five years, the company grew from it being, really grew. being yes, just us to 90 employees. And then we moved towards the end. We had a beautiful 25,000 square foot office in Midtown. I remember. I had received several promotions, I think, during that five-year time from director to then associate vice president to vice president. Yeah. To senior when vice you president. left, you were a vice president. Yeah. Yeah. So when I left, I was senior vice president and also group director. And I managed a team of 25 people that were within my division. I managed the entertainment and lifestyle division. And we did some entertainment clients. We had some corporate clients. What was a good learning for me is that I've always been an agency life. Having worked at People's Revolution, we had multiple clients, different fashion brands. When I was working on my own, I had a bunch of different clients in different categories. And then I started working at 5WPR and we had corporate clients. With everything from a bottled water to a fast food restaurant to I remember some like you know hip hop artists. There was just a lot of different random clients, but it was great experience. That's right. That's what I remember, Tracy, about Five W. This real mixed bag of categories and industries. I actually have more questions for you about that. Yeah. After I left Five W, I worked on my own again. I decided at that point. The company had grown so big. At that point, I was signing clients and I was very involved in the operational aspects of the business. And there was a lot of learnings that I had gained during that time that I felt like at that point I was ready. And I started my own company and I started working for myself. I took a few clients I had signed as soon as I left that agency. 
and I worked for myself over the next 10 years. That was a big step for you, and there was a lot that you were doing over those years. I remember when you were publicist for Lil' Kim. Well, Lil' Kim was when I was at 5WPR. I thought it was after 5W. No. Because you and I worked together. We did some stuff for Lil' Kim. Yes, that's right. Oh, my gosh. See, I forget all of that. I definitely styled Kim for a couple of yes appearances yes. or events or something like that. I forgot that that was related to 5W. I thought that was yeah. your solo No, time. that was at 5W. She was my first celebrity Yeah, celebrity client. client. That's right. By the way, Kim is, oh, my gosh. She's amazing. She really is amazing. I remember whatever it was that we were prepping for, she was going to. I remember being, I forgot where we were exactly, but there was a team and there was you and there was me. That was a while ago. I can't remember exactly when that was, but I just remember a certain kind of energy that was amazing. She was honestly the sweetest person. I mean, sweetest, sweetest, the nicest. And her voice is so sweet. Everything about her. She's tough though. I remember you saying to me at the time, Kim wants to look like a doll as the publicist who was talking about what we want to achieve here with this look. You were like, Kim wants to look like a doll. She wants the eyelashes and she wants the shape. And yeah. I loved that. It and was, she, she always had... knew so much about fashion and she had a very clear point of view also in terms of what she wanted, what sort of clothes and silhouettes made her feel good. So she was my first client in the celebrity music space. I learned a lot also through that experience, but she and I met at the perfect time where she really needed someone to sort of be that person for her. And at that point, I still felt like I had a lot to prove. You were hustling. I was hustling. You really were. So then I worked with Kim during that time. And then, you know, when I left and I started working on my own, it was a little bit of a mixed bag also. I mean, I did a number of things. I did special events, red carpet events. I worked with a number of different musical artists and I worked closely with a few record labels and we did movie premieres. I mean, it was a little bit of everything. You know, I sort of had to wear a lot of different hats, I would say over my yes, course I, of my career. One of my questions for you is exactly that. But before we get to that question, now that we've talked about this and you've reflected on it, what were some of the core learnings that you absorbed back then? What did you discover that you've taken with you throughout your career? I mean, so much. I mean, now that I look back, right, I think it's more of the things that I think I would have changed. I make it a point now to sort of slow down a bit. I think that's something that, you know, I worked on that a lot. I think 20 years later, I finally at this place, but I think for the longest time, I was just moving so quickly all the time. And, you know, sometimes when you move really quickly, you make mistakes because you're moving too fast or you don't think things through. So I think that that is something that I've learned over time is to sort of slow down a little bit and to not be emotional in responses or my decision making. You calibrated. What I keep thinking about as we're talking is you're reflecting now and you're saying you're slowing down and you're saying I felt so prepared in the beginning and in working for Kelly, but that spirit within you has made you successful. 
you've been somebody who's always looked a little further, a little deeper. And so, yeah, there were times when there was friction, but it also propelled you to where you are now. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I would say yeah. that for sure. I also realized too that there is room and I l- learned this actually, I think within the last 10 years working for myself, you know, but before that, as a publicist, you know, it's just so competitive, right? And there's a lot of cattiness, I think, within the industry. And I think I learned as I became sort of more confident within myself and just sort of, you know, the clients that I had and the business that I had built, that there was room for everybody and that it was actually working alongside people, even publicists from other agencies and sort of collaborating and working together got me a lot further. You know, I was able to accomplish a lot more than instead of just sort of feeling threatened if another publicist was involved in a conversation and feeling territorial when it came to my clients. A lot of that sort of attitude I had early on in my career. Right. So now I just, I sort of have no ego at all about things anymore. The more seasoned you are, right? Yeah. I love working with other people. I love working with women, especially, and I love collaborating with people. And I really enjoy that. And I think for a long time, I didn't allow myself that opportunity to collaborate and to sort of nurture those relationships. Because at that time, I think I was just feeling threatened and that I needed to work harder and I needed to be the first person to do this or to be the one to get the credit for securing something or whatever it is. The hustle. Yeah. I respect the hustle. Yeah. Always have. Yes. So I think a part of that was just, you're right. I think it's like sort of a catch 22, right? Sort of like that hustle and that attitude got me. Yeah. Allowed me to accomplish a lot in a short period of time. But then I also feel like I was probably not the nicest person (laughs) maybe for a period of time. I think that you were running on fumes and you were... You know, I don't know if I would say that. I would just say that you were constantly looking ahead. I was just always on the move. Always on the move. Always on the move. Very well said. (laughs) Very well said, T. You've been a part of some really exciting moments in the work that you do. And when I say that, what is the very first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. My mind is actually... Exciting moments. I mean, there's so many. You do have so many. I have so many. I mean... I've been able to travel the world with some of my clients. That's so exciting. Even for a period of time, I was working with Khalees and she- Oh, I, we didn't touch on Khalees. Yes. There was Khalees. And there was a whole period with Khalees. Yes. And she took me on tour. You know what? I'm going to pause you right now because I will say this. I remember even back then that you felt a profound connection to what you were doing with Khalees at the time. Yes. And here we are years later and you're saying the same thing. Yes. When I worked with Khalees, I traveled See, the world. She took me with her and I just traveled the world with her. So that was an amazing experience. She was always such a spontaneous person too. So it'd be like, let's go to Ireland tomorrow. I mean, I've traveled to so many random places with her. So that was an amazing experience. Another amazing experience is, I mean, going back to little Kim, right? Being there with her when she did that collaboration with Mark Jacobs. Oh my gosh, my favorite. I still have that t-shirt you from do? that fashion show. Oh yeah. Oh my I will never get rid of it. I haven't even worn it. Oh. 
Do you remember Mark did this whole Mark Jacobs loves little Kim campaign and did these shows? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was at that show. I have that t-shirt. That was so fun and so cool. I mean, there's just been so many moments, honestly, traveling the world. I've been able to experience a lot of really cool things. I wouldn't have been able to name them all, honestly. You named a couple really excellent ones. Yeah, those were fun. You talked about this. You've worn many hats. You're somebody who has been open to taking on new skills for an opportunity. Can you share the role or the position that you've had that forced you out of what was your current comfort zone work-wise? Yeah, when I was working at 5W with Ron, we would sign clients and we'd sit in the pitch meeting and, you know, I would look at them with a straight face and be like, oh yeah, I've done this before. (laughs) So many times, of course, we'd pitch the business and we'd get the business and I would sit and I'd have to write a press release and pick up the phone and pitch their company, having never pitched this company in this industry before in my life. So I think I did a lot of that actually. Even when I worked for Kelly, I would pitch editors and I'd send out samples and I had no idea. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just picked up the phone and I would call and things would just happen that way. But I think I learned as I went along, probably for the first 10 years. But you know, there are a lot of people that don't have that fearless approach to being like, I'm willing to jump in. And if I fail and if I fall flat on my face, I'll receive that constructive criticism. I'll move on and I'll learn. There are a lot of people that just are not willing to do that. They're not willing to show up in that way. I'm very competitive though. I love a challenge. I love doing things that I've never done before. And I think that's naturally a big part of who I am. So So describe your philosophy and your approach in terms of taking risks. I think my philosophy when it comes to that is just, you know, I've told people that have worked with me over the years, it's like, what's the worst that can happen if you just ask? You won't know if it's possible if you don't try. But I just think of all the times that I've picked up the phone and just pitched some random client. I'm like, okay, this is just aiming too high. There's no way that this person's gonna, you know, I'm gonna land this. And I actually ended up landing it just because I picked up the phone and I took the time to write a really thoughtful pitch and I got them on the phone or I sent that email and I surprisingly would get a response back. But I think my whole attitude in life has just always been, let me just try it. Worst thing that can happen is you get no response or you get a no. But sometimes every once in a while you'll land it. That's right. How much is being a well-adjusted human being, which I know that you are, and understanding of a vast array of personalities aid in your work? It's carried me my whole career, I think. I think something that I've learned over time is being very patient with people. And listen, you know, you give people advice, you give them your recommendation, and sometimes people are going to take the advice and listen, and then sometimes people are going to just take that and consider it, but then make their own decision from it. And you have to take your ego out of it, you know, and sometimes when I've given advice or, you know, I've talked something through with somebody, but I feel really, really strongly about it, but they go into a different direction with it and they do the opposite of what I recommend. That happens. You've got to accept that. Yeah, it happens all the time. But 
also in those circumstances, sometimes it ends up being the right decision that your client made on their own. And being able to say, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong on this one. And I think not having an ego and be always open to learning and knowing sometimes that you might not have the answers all the time and that's okay. What personality traits do successful and effective publicists share? Really great communication skills, being able to think quick on your feet, being adaptable to any situation because things often change and they change very quickly. So being able to be flexible and adaptable at, in any moment, I think is an important quality to have. I think patience, patience and honesty. I've learned that that gets you really, really far. Even if it's your pitching or an editor is reaching out to you and you might not have the answer or the answer is just no, taking the time to even respond and say, honestly, Thank you so much, but we're going to pass on this. People just appreciate a simple response. Correct. That's right. Because I'm on the other side of that. Not on the PR side. I'm the, on the other side. Don't you, you know, just that's the one thing. a simple reply and acknowledge? I appreciate a simple reply. I appreciate an honest reply. But then I think that a lot of publicists are primed for people that are not necessarily like me. I would rather have a really open, honest dialogue. <laughs> There are a lot of people that don't even want to have that. So yeah. I get the other side of it, but yes. I try to be very honest. And by the way, I've also learned over time too, it's like take the time to build relationships with everybody because you just don't know. You where never people, know. You don't know where people are going to end up, where you're going to really actually need them. I've seen it happen so many times where it's like, oh, well, that's an intern. Well, that intern ends up becoming the fashion director at Chanel, you know, that's right. And I mean, I feel like if there's any takeaway, I think we just almost zeroed in on it, that this is a huge takeaway for anyone who's listening, that that's how this works. Yeah. And I've seen many powerful player in fashion and publishing and media and entertainment fall from grace, right? They had this top, whatever the coveted job is, and then things change and things shift. And I think that's very true, Tracy. Being kind to people, being honest, you know, staying in touch with people and don't just reach out to somebody when you need something. Actually take the time to talk to the people that you're working with because that relationship building aspect, I think is just so important. How are you creative in your work today? Oh my God. Today. Today? Yeah, these days. I mean, I, first of all, work for the most brilliant, most creative person. And I don't think people That's right. realize it. So I'm very lucky in that, that I work around someone who's incredibly hands-on with her business and very creative. And she comes up with, I mean, every day she's coming up with different ideas. And we also have an amazing team. We have an amazing team. You know, they'll take an idea that Kim will shoot off that she'll think of, and then they'll then take that and help expand on it. So I think my creativity comes from 
being around really creative and inspiring people. And I know you love that. I love it. Always. It keeps me challenged. It keeps me feeling inspired. So I think that that's what's happening for me now. Can you recall a recent moment of fulfilling and exciting creative collaboration that you've been a part of? I mean, since I've started working with Kim, she's launched not just one or two or three you know, she's launched several hugely successful companies in a very short. Okay. Let's talk about that. Which have you worked on? I think people really want to know where you've left your mark, what you've worked on. I work very closely with Kim and help her. We have a great team and there's honestly nothing that I can personally take credit for to say, oh, I did this. I think all of it has been, you know, obviously it starts from the top and it sort of spreads out and we have a great team and we collaborate and we all work together to get things to the finish line. So I don't know that there's anything that I can, you know, I can't take credit for any of it, honestly. But brands, you're working on Skims, I'm working you're on, working you know, on... Yes, Skims, KKW Beauty and KKW Fragrance. And then obviously anything and everything that falls under the Kim umbrella. Tracy, we were talking recently and I was saying that Lula Willis, talk to me about Skims. They're big fans. Her and her sister are both big fans of the brand. And Rumor was featured in a campaign that we shot. She's a big fan. She wears Skims all the time and she looks amazing in it. She's been wearing Skims since the beginning. Which Skims piece do you love the most? Oh my gosh. Pajamas and the Fits Everybody collection. I love the bras. I love the pajamas. I love the loungewear. It's literally all I wear now. Day to evening yeah. is all I wear is skims. Best stuff. During COVID, by the way, it's all I wore. It's perfect. Yeah. Switching gears. How do you get your best ideas? When do they come to you typically these days? Honestly, at night, I think. A lot of my ideas come at night after the kids. I know. I'm like you. I can get up early. I know you're now a West Coast lady. I met you when you were an East Coast lady. I know that it takes me a while to sort of unwind and untangle. And then at night, that's when the juices get flowing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You know, after the kids have gone to sleep and the house is calm and it's quiet and I've had a chance to circle back on my day and then I have an opportunity to just have some quiet time, like me time. That's actually, I think, when a lot of the ideas come to me and... It's also the time when I go through my checklist of things that I, you know, oh yeah, I said I was going to do that. And, you know, let me make sure I circle back on this. And where do you record that? So you're multitasking, right? Here you are, this career woman with a high pressure job and a lot of things to pay attention to all day and night long. Then you have your husband and you have your kids. Are you recording things in a notebook? Are you, uh, I write a lot of app on your phone on my notes. You know, on the app. app, yep, I write a lot of things in my notes app. Sometimes I'll email myself things to remind me, or I'll email people on the team. Right when it comes to mind, I shoot it off so that I don't forget about it. I have an archive when it comes to my emails so that I don't forget anything, and I always have a chance to be able to access them when I need to be reminded of things. I just set calendar reminders, too, all the time for myself. I love it. These are great tips. Yeah, these are all things that I have to do to say organized but you were saying that your juices get flowing at night i'm so with you yeah nighttime is when it all happens 
I know. I think there's some morning people and there are night people in that respect. Creative people. What about Kim? Is she night or morning, would you say? She gets up really, really early in the morning. At 4 a.m., she's at the gym. She's working out. And she'll send emails during that time, too, early in the morning. So she's a super early riser. But she also sends ideas and checks in late at night, too. I think that's why we work so well together. Sometimes in the morning, too, I do get some really great ideas. Fresh and... Fresh, and I've had my coffee, and I'm bouncing... Well-rested and... Exactly. Feeling organized for the day. Exactly. As a publicist, a core part of your job involves damage control, right? And dealing with high-pressure situations that have great public visibility. So I want to know, how do you manage those moments personally and take care of you? Well, I don't deal with that anymore so much. My role has obviously changed in the last almost four years now. When I stepped away from my publicity business and I joined Kim, a lot of- Right, a lot of that. Is now focusing on marketing and on the business end. But when I was in publicity and dealing with damage control, well, I have to say that I think for the longest time I would put myself second. Of course, I get it. It took me a long time to learn that work-life balance. I think work-life balance happened actually after I had my kids because it forced me. Up until that point, I was just a work beast 24-7. You were very much a work beast. That's true. I'm happy yeah. that you're not as much. I'm not now. Well, there's a core work beast inside of you, 100%. But manage yeah. my time differently now. You know, it's like, you know, that's... You same, have to. Like, you know, there's a difference between working hard and working smart. I work smarter now. I don't feel like I need to be at my office 18 hours a day. I can get the same amount of work done in less time if I just manage my time properly. And so I've, part of getting to a place where I have better work-life balance is just being able to manage my time better. You know, it's like, okay, I've got one hour to knock this out. I gotta get X, Y, and Z done. And you gotta just get it done. You make every single minute count. I mean, I would say that, how do I take care of myself now? I make it a point to try to build in an hour of me time where I can go to the gym and work out and I also build in family time into my day. No matter how busy I am or no matter what I've got going on, I always check out of that and I focus on my kids and being present with them and making sure that even on the weekends, unless it's something really urgent and it can't wait, I try to focus my time and attention to the kids and to my husband and being present with the family. So I think now I just manage my time better and differently so that I can carve out that me time. I'm curious, T, at this point, you've worked with so many people over the years. Name someone who has impressed you in terms of their working style and maybe even the tools that they use to achieve success. When I say that, what do you think of? I mean, I think obviously of Kim. Kim, yeah. It's funny because I think to myself, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. But she is running multiple companies. And when I tell you that she's so hands-on in every single aspect of every business that she has, I think people would be surprised. I mean, down to the most minor details she pays attention to. And she always is coming up with new ideas. She's always thinking about 
what's next or always moving 10 steps ahead. But in addition to that, she also is in law school and she's dedicating 20 hours a week studying to get her law degree. And on top of that, she's also a mom to four kids. Yes. She's got three kids and it's hard. She's got four kids. And certainly she's got great support. She's got a big family support system. So I think that that is a large reason why she's able to do it all because she's got such great support. But she's definitely someone that inspires me. We just talked about how much of a workhorse you are, and I have firsthand experience of your spirit in that respect. And so it has me thinking, what keeps Kim going? What keeps her fire from dimming? Yeah, she has that natural entrepreneurial spirit. She gets that from her mother. She gets that from her father. She's someone, and I know people think that she grew up very privileged. Silver spoon. Silver spoon. But but no, she at a young age was working out of her dad's office and working. uh, working and her dad and her mom, they both taught her how to balance a checkbook and everything that she's had, she's had to earn and accomplish on her own. And I know that people just have these opinions and they think that they know her path or what she had to do to get there, but they don't. She and I were friends early on. And she couldn't get into any fashion shows. Remember those Hervé Leger dresses that she made? Yes. At the time, Kim Kardashian was almost the ambassador for the Hervé Leger bandage dress. I tried to get her an invitation to their fashion show when she was wearing those dresses and making them so popular. And she couldn't even get an invitation to that show. You and I both know about the fickle nature of this business. Yeah, fashion people are terrible, by the way. But I also think that it's the people that have an expanded view, an expanded opinion that weather all that, right? Yeah. I think part of her motivation and what keeps her going is that she's just, you know, I think it's the same thing that keeps me going is that hustle and feeling constantly challenged and when you're feeling challenged you keep going because you want to prove to yourself and also prove to others that it can get done that's right and then also i just think a lot of it is just who you are and you're born with that mindset in a way i feel like i've always had this mindset at a young age you me yeah absolutely absolutely the two of us yeah absolutely kim I mean, you know, when you grow up with nothing or you grow up and you're being told over and over again that you can't do something, it's like you take that as that becomes your purpose in a way. Like, oh, okay. You're saying that I can't do this. Okay, well, watch me. Does anything surprise you in your work anymore? Do you feel primed for anything? Oh my gosh, I'm primed for anything that might come up. I know you are. (laughs) I feel like I've seen it all. I've heard it all. Nothing, honestly, even shocks me anymore at this point. I want to know, what have you weathered that you were like, I cannot believe I got through this? Well, how about when I was working at People's Rev, and I remember, (laughs) oh my gosh, I remember. (laughs) So it was like, you know, Thanksgiving's what, on a Thursday, right? I got a phone call from Serena. Remember Serena? Serena of Agent Provocateur of Ajahn Provocateur on Monday. She tells me and Kelly, oh, well, you know, we're going to do our store opening in a week. 
You sort of hearkened me back to that. Our flagship store in a week. And Kelly looks at me like, okay, well, we've got a big New York flagship store opening in a week. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm flying tomorrow to go see my family for Thanksgiving. And I canceled my flight. Everyone, the whole office was taking off for Thanksgiving. And I remember I stayed and I lived at that office. I didn't go home. I lived literally in, remember the loft on Grand Street? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a stone's throw from our I, offices at Sorian Rain. I slept in that office for those three days or that whole week, actually, while everyone was on Thanksgiving holiday. And I just thought, how the hell are we going to pull off this store opening and get editors and people to come and even anyone to write about it when it's a week away? It's Thanksgiving holiday. Everyone's traveling. And I just thought I was never going to get through that week. I think I cried even at some point, just feeling so overwhelmed. And I was the only person there at the office. putting together these press lists and then sending out these invites. You know, at that time too, by the way, I'd like to point out, I was sending out press releases via fax machine. I wasn't even emailing. You and me both, my friend. Oh my gosh. Remember the AP date book? So I would pull out the AP. I think that might've been a PR thing, but I know on the editorial side, I was faxing people to be like, hey, these are the people on our team that want to attend your fashion show. Yes machine so i was out there i mean tracy crazy like what are we talking about right now (laughs) this is by the way giving everyone our age fax does anyone know what that means Uh, no one knows what that means but i was faxing press releases to every press office and i remember thinking oh my god no one's even on the other side to receive this because everyone's away for thanksgiving but yeah i thought i wasn't gonna get through it And I did, I got through it. And by the way, the opening was a huge success, huge success. And I remember, and I'm not gonna name her. There was a publicist that was working at the office at the time that she just came in and took all the credit. Yeah. Of all my work that week. Just came in, like Lily was on holiday for the whole week, comes in on Monday and just takes over on everything. And then Serena comes in for the opening and it's this hugely successful opening. And I just remember her coming in and taking all the credit. And I stood behind a door at the opening. Actually, I went into a closet at the store and I just cried for like two seconds because I was feeling so frustrated. How dare she? I remember this. I remember Come all in this. and take over and take all the, cr- you know. And I was yeah, just like. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I felt so frustrated. Heartbreaking, eye-opening, but yeah. skin thickening. Yeah. Right? But I got through it. I definitely didn't think I was going to get through that week. You've come so far. I'm so proud of you as a friend. Thank you. Let's talk about some of the things that you are more than happy to never have to do again. I don't know. I think I still have to do it all. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, you're still that person, T. I don't know. I feel like I still carry with me the attitude of no job being too small. Immigrant mentality. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm like a service person. I'm a people person. I want to make sure people are comfortable and people are happy. And I care how I make people feel. And so when it comes to work and when it comes to getting things done, I'm a roll your sleeves up. Let's get it done. Whatever it takes mentality. And I always have that. I mean, there's so many publicity things that I don't miss that I'm glad I don't have to do anymore. Signing clients that I actually didn't even want to work on that you didn't believe in but, but you i had didn't to believe get in, but i had to, but i had to get beyond because it's that you eat what you kill yes 
Right. I would have to take a client on that maybe I wasn't excited about or I didn't believe on because it helped keep the lights on so that I could pay my staff. So I don't miss that. I don't miss going out and pitching business that I didn't even care about. I don't miss that at all. What do you value most in your work though? What is important to you? Working on things that I really believe in that are genuinely great. I mean, I have so much joy in my job now because I really love everything that we're doing and I really believe in the products and I use everything that, you know, we produce and I love everything that we do. It's inspiring. It's fulfilling. It is. It's so fulfilling. It brings me a lot of happiness. How do you unplug? You talked a little bit about that. You've got the 24 hour news cycle to always deal with as well as social media, which never goes dark. Is there a way that you try to take a break knowing that you're always on call? Yeah, I love great television. I love a good show. I'm obsessed with Handmaid's Tale right now. I love watching great shows. I love time with my kids. I make it a point now that things are starting to come back to normal. Obviously, we're still in COVID, but that restaurants are open again, making time to see friends getting FaceTime with people is really important for me. And honestly, even just picking up a good book and not looking at a screen and just reading. I don't read as much as I'd like to, but I do. Reading is forever. This thing that's on my list, I have books piled by my bedside and books piled in all these places. And that is the one thing that when I get busy, that gets cut. And it's literally been on my list to make time to read. Yeah. So I'm impressed. And there's nothing better than reading a really good book. There's just nothing better. 2000%. I was actually going through books that I've read over the years that I just remember loving and I'm rebuying them again so I can reread them again. We end with our sixth round of your current obsessions. Oh my gosh. Think about the six things that are on high rotation in your life right now. What's your go-to lip look these days? Oh my gosh. I know you like a liner. I know I you love like a, a gloss. Liner and I love a nude lipstick and I love a nude gloss and it's all KKW Beauty, by the way. I know. I love it. KKW Beauty lip products are the best. So is it a combination of gloss, liner, and lip pigment? Yes. It's a combination right. of liner, lipstick, with a little bit of gloss over. KKW Beauty has the best colors ever. Best range of nudes, by the way. Nude lipsticks and nude lip liners are my jam. You know what, Tracy? This took me back to putting on and sharing makeup with you. Oh my gosh. I I feel like that was yesterday. Oh, and like earrings. I remember always sharing makeup and sharing. You still do the best accessories and the best closet. I mean, that's why you worked in fashion for so long. And that's why you have a magazine. But you've always been that person. I just got this flashback of us sharing makeup products, putting on eyeliner. Okay, number two, outfit. I want to know what pieces make up a typical outfit for you these days. Jeans, a tank top or a long sleeve shirt from Skims, and either a little closed toe booty or sneakers. Handbag. I don't carry around my laptop that much, but when I do, I hold it because I don't want carrying big bags. Lately, I've been carrying just this little wallet keychain 
and it holds my one lipstick or lip gloss, my ID, my one credit card that I'll be using at the moment and a little bit of cash. And I carry that with my keys. That's what I've been using lately because I just don't like to carry purses and big things. But if I'm going to use a purse, I've been using my nylon black Prada little simple, simple handbag. What clothing brand or brands are you into for your kids these days? These are kids. I love H&M for kids. You know, I love Hannah Anderson for pajamas. I love Cotton On, which is another brand. I love Cotton On. I love Cotton On. They have great stuff for kids. Even Abercrombie has really cute basics for kids. And then I also love to shop a lot of little random Korean brands that they sell at these little specialty stores in LA. And then also, by the way, lately, Ryan, you know, my oldest who's turning nine, she goes into my husband's closet and just borrows all of his t-shirts now. Wow. I know. I feel like all the friends that I have that have children, all their girls are like big, long t-shirt to the knees. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what she's into right now. Okay, so next up is eating. I feel like you definitely have a dish that you keep returning to and ordering. I know you. T, remind me of the place on Orchard that we always used to go to. Remember? Orchard. It was that place between Houston and the French Five spot. Oh my God, was it? It was like maybe a Tracy and Ahmad place. Do you remember? I don't remember it, but I remember the dish. Oh my gosh. The bigger question to you is, is there like a dish that you're craving right now that you order somewhere or that you make? What do you keep going back to these days? Vietnamese food for sure. We always have pho at the house. I'm always making it. Or now that my mom's retired and she moved here last year, she's always making. I love a good soup noodle dish. That's like on rotation at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. I love tacos. Fave tacos are from where? We make our tacos over here. We make all our dishes over here. I mean, especially during COVID, but I will say lately I've been super obviously obsessed with Kim's vegan taco recipe. We, I just made it two days ago. I think I posted on Instagram. That's on regular rotation now. But even also Ray makes the most amazing mac and cheese. There's not a lot of really good takeout spots in the valley over here, but yeah. when I want to treat myself, obviously sushi from Nobu is amazing. There's a really great place in Malibu that we also go to a lot called Broad Street Oyster, and they do the best lobster rolls. The best oh, rolls in Malibu. Amazing. Do you try to recreate those at home? Yeah, of course. I try to make everything. You do? Yeah. We'll get the recipes from you so we can post them on storyandrain.com. You got it. Binge watching. You talked about this earlier as we wrap up. Oh my up. gosh. Handmaid's Tale. I'm obsessed. T, I have not watched it yet. What? Stop what you're doing right now and go watch Handmaid's Tale. We're stopping okay. this. <laughs> okay. Literally, there's nothing else to, I can't even talk to you. There's nothing else to just oh. to watch Handmaid's Tale. What is your runner up to Handmaid's? Probably Bridgerton for the eighth time okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. all right which by um, the shows cannot be more polar opposite they really are it's so dark but it's so great dark and then bridgerton is just the notebook it's just so romantic and so good yeah i love a good love story habits or routines that you picked up during this pandemic that are going to be a keeper a positive routine or habit 
I cook a lot. I mean, I love this idea of you making fuff. Oh yeah, like, I love making fuff. I mean, I think I cooked. Am I crazy? That's what we should have been doing tonight. I know. I cook a lot. I used to cook before, but I think I cooked more than ever because of COVID. And I started cooking and baking and making new things that I've never made before. I was like baking bread during COVID and making my own croissant from scratch. I have to bake a cheesecake after we're done with this, by the way, for Ryan's birthday. So that's what she wants for her. So cute. We're doing a little family happy birthday celebration tomorrow night for her. Cause I'm, I love that. Taking her away for her birthday. So she- favorite way to spend time with your husband. Oh my God. A weekend in Newport beach without the kids. We found this little spot in Newport beach and it's our go-to now. And so anytime we can get away and just have one or two nights without the kids where we can just binge watch television and not be on a schedule and sleep in a little bit and order breakfast and all that stuff is magical. We don't get to do that often, but when we get to do it, it's pretty great. As we end the podcast, lastly, what is your advice to publicists? What do they need to know? I would say my advice would be to pay attention to the details. Listen, and I think it's really important to always carry with you an attitude. No job is too small. Show up, be present, take the time to listen, try to learn as much as you can. Try to take every mistake that you make as an opportunity for you to learn and to grow. Be kind, be nice, have a good attitude. Take the time to thank people and show up and be happy to be even if you're being asked to do the most engaged, be happy to be engaged and involved. Absolutely. And then also it might seem like a small thing that you're being asked to do in the moment, but you can't ever be given big responsibility if you can't handle the small tasks well. So that is something that I think a lot of these people that are starting out in their careers, I've had so many situations where someone might feel like what I'm asking them to do is beneath them. If I can't trust you to do the smallest things, how am I going to trust you to do the big things? So I would say that anything and everything that you get asked to do or you're given to do, do it with pride, do things to the best of your ability, and just have a good positive attitude in the process. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. I will see you next time I'm in L.A. Yeah, next time you're in L.A., you're just coming over and I'm making you dinner. Love you. I love you. Bye. Bye.